As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. All right. Welcome back, or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where we sometimes discuss U.S. Olympic athletes, just shaking his head. U.S. Olympic athletes, adult film stars, and sportsman drag racers. Joined as always by my co-host, Big Jed, Jared Pennington, and we've got a fun show on tap today. Big Jed, how are you? Luke, I am well. I hope you are. I uh, I was shaking my head because you know I was thirty percent in the last show and i just i really struggle with that game but i there there may be other things in my life that i'm that bad at that i enjoy that much but for some reason i love that game and i'm terrible at it (laughs) but it's a lot of fun i'm hesitant to make guesses on things that you're that bad at that you don't do much <laughs> I, from what I heard, I feel like we need to we need to cue up producer Mark here. Like the the feedback that I got was was overwhelmingly positive this time around. We we've gotten in trouble in the past with our with our little game, um, yeah. and, and and we've we've lost some listeners as a result. I, I don't know, Mark. Did you did you hear any negative feedback from last week's show? Not not this time. There was one. Not no. This time was good, but we have <laughs> in the past had some not great feedback from that specific segment in fact it was a pretty colorful message that i received concerning that but this time went well it seemed to be well received well kudos to the loyal listeners i think at this point yes. we've conditioned you <laughs> yes yes uh, i think that was on our first go around for that game and you know we basically were was made a promise and then we did it again so the promise might um, you know, being held up. So that, that could be why we didn't get any bad feedback. Good point. I, uh, <laughs> as I said on, on one of our, our text threads surrounding um, the conclusion of last week's episode, I know that that wouldn't be funny if we did it every show, but man, I want to do that every show. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good time. It really is. And I'm terrible at it, but I really enjoy it. It's the last episode. We, we it brought a little fun into our lives. Hopefully, it did the same for you. Continuing that theme, maybe not quite on on that level. This episode, in fact, the next two episodes, Big Jed, we will be reviewing 2022 in the way that only the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast can. That's right. It's potty time. 
Yeah. Is this the third, fourth? I think this is the fourth annual Potty Awards. Yeah, I mean, this, let's, let's be honest, Luke, and it's not bragging on our part, but let's be honest. This is what the sportsman drag racer lives for. There's, there's Wally's, there's Ironman, there's all kind of accolades and awards out there and big checks. But the racers, deep down inside of them, are dying to, to win a potty. You know, I stumbled across it recently. It was it was Dave Triplett's resume. It was, you know, two-time million-dollar race winner, three-time million-dollar race final, 18-time Division II ET Finals champion or whatever it is, <laughs> 2020 Potty Award winner, best appearing driver. I saw it right there, black and white. Yeah, that's, there's no doubt he includes that in his resume, and for good reason. I mean, that's all those other things will get you a little bit of attention from sponsors. But when they know you're the best appearing potty award winner, uh, obviously that's a shoe in for support from marketing partners. All right. So here's the plan. The longtime loyal listener is familiar with the potties. It is our annual award show. We've got some of the typical um, categories for which we award. We've got some that are, I think, unique to the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast, to, to say the least. The plan here, we're going to do this over the course of the next two episodes. So the next two weeks, just full disclosure, we're not going to get to everything today. And we're going to roll through, I don't know, half a dozen categories maybe today and an award, uh, have plenty of discussion around it. <clears throat> and then for next week's show, we're actually going to lean on you. Hashtag loyal listeners. That's right. Uh, look for it. You can check it out on the on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page in the coming days. Certainly by the end of the week, we will have a uh, an opportunity for you to vote on the remaining uh, awards of the potties that will be held next week. Vote, weigh in, uh, share your thoughts. A lot of it's going to be write in because honestly, uh, I don't know that we remember everything from last year. Uh, we've we've got some good stuff to to go over today, but your input will make it a better show. Plus, you'll have a say, and ultimately, who gets. I think it's fair to say, like, the most prestigious award in sports from drag racing, Jim. Oh, I mean, it's certainly in the podcast world, it's the most prestigious award. But <laughs> Good point. I, Good again, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine anything uh, being better than this. All right. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Our first category, Big Jed, the best win, single event win of the 2022 season Immediately at the top of our of our ledger here, one name appears twice. Why don't why don't you why don't you share with us, Big Jed, the two qualifiers for one Lucas Walker? Yeah, so obviously uh, Lucas is a guy that gets many wins throughout the year, but these were very very impactful. So got him qualified for best win, or got him a nomination for it, or a couple of them. Uh, Lucas won the $40,000 Turkey Beach Bash final round at Gulfport Dragway earlier this year, or actually later in 2022, as these are 2022 awards. And uh, Lucas was foot-breaking, and he come through the bottom bulb side. And oh, it was a 40-grand foot-break race? <laughs> well, it was oh. when it was over, but <laughs> it wasn't what it was intended to be. Uh, obviously, two 20s merged into a 40 grander. Lucas come through the bottom bulb side, got himself on uh, the, the super pro side with the, the final round win on the bottom. And in the final round, Lucas was perfect on the tree and got the win. But he also was perfect at the finish line with an absolute perfect run all zeros at the end and putting himself in the winner's circle for 40k and doing it with a perfect run in a super pro race foot breaking just a phenomenal performance by lucas which we've come to know he does that a lot so that was definitely one qualifier and the other qualifier happened oh, time out jed you ever got you ever get in on perfect mm, i have never beaten a perfect run no i have not have you had a perfect run beside you? I have not had a perfect run beside me. One pack is the best run ever. Do what? One pack is the best run I've ever had beside me. It feels like somebody's gone perfect beside me, but you'd think I would remember that. So maybe not either. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You would remember it if it happened. I don't, I don't think that's happened. So slim, slim chances. So 
obviously that's a huge deal, Lucas, getting that done, foot breaking in a super pro race. You go back to very early in 2022 at the Spring Fling Million, and Lucas was racing Kevin Pollard's um, truck. He and Kevin were doubled in his um, Chevy Love truck. And, you know, there's this debatable what happened, but Pollard had won his, Lucas had won his round, Pollard coming back from winning his round, and um, there was an accident in the pits. Uh, somebody ran one. If you've been to Vegas, you know, there's stop signs in the pits because there's a lot of roads and corners. Somebody ran one of those stop signs and uh, Kevin basically just tore his truck up beyond repair and did a lot of damage to himself, obviously unstrapped in those things at the time. So beat himself up pretty good, had quite a recovery there, but Lucas was put over into Raider Campbell's Camaro, um, high five second car there in Vegas, maybe a mid five second car in Vegas, basically. And just, they let him switch cars and goes out blind, wins the bottom bulb side of that. I think that happened, Luke, about fourth or fifth round, very late. Not sure. I think Lucas maybe had one more round to go to win the bottom bulb. I think there's actually like six snowbox cars left. It was probably okay, yeah, six. fourth, fifth okay. round, something like that. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, obviously he, it, there's, there's a ton of emotion involved and, and, and um, not understanding what, what exactly is going on with Kevin at that point. And, and obviously the truck that he was driving, plus he's hopping into a car that I don't think he'd ever made a run in before. Certainly hadn't that weekend. And if I'm not mistaken, Jed, the next round that he has to come into completely blind, was opposite Nick Hastings. Yes. Yes, I think you got all of that right, uh, which very important details. And not only did Lucas make his way through the bottom bulb side and get that final round win, he merged over into the Super Pro side and went on to win that $30,000 race uh, in a sea of talent on both the bottom and the top bulb side basically mid-race getting in a car that he, to my knowledge, never sat in and definitely had not ever made a run in. So pretty incredible, uh, both of those performances uh, and very worthy of, uh, of falling or, or nominating him for the, the best win category uh, potty. Yeah. And that thing, like just being there for that, it, it completely 100% felt like it was meant to be. And especially the way that it played out, because if I'm not mistaken, Lucas got through that round with Hastings, won a couple more rounds that night, whatever that was, probably Wednesday night at the fling. And I believe at three or four cars left, they stopped the race for the night. And at that point, like it, Kevin's condition was completely unknown. There's rumors swirling around everywhere. And then the next day, like we all realized how serious that was, you know, he's, he's I don't know, they don't know how, how they're going to get him home, you know, to Virginia and he's in, he's in bad shape in the hospital. And it's literally, you know, 24 hours post accident that Lucas runs the final, you know, they ran that day's event and then ran off the semis and finals of the night prior. So by that time, like the gravity of what was going on and what was at stake seemed even elevated. And it just seemed like there's no denying him. Like this is meant to be, Lucas is going to win this race. And, and that's the way it played out. Yeah, it did definitely seem like fate, destiny, whatever title you want to put on it. But, um, you know, obviously he's got a ton of talent, but those odds were stacked against him. Uh, regardless of how talented you are, especially when you're swapping feet in something you've never even set in and you've, you're opposite the, the best that has ever done it. Uh, that's a challenge. And Lucas met those challenges, uh, got past them and, and got that win in Vegas. So a couple of big, big wins for him, uh, you know, obviously being foot breaking in a, in a super pro world there, that, those were huge. Yeah. So our first two nominees are, Lucas Walker. <clears throat> We've got more. We had several nominees for, for best win of 2022. That last one from Lucas came from out West early in the season. I'll actually add two more that came from the same event out West uh, just earlier in the season. This was the uh, Southwest showdowns in Tucson. And these two stuck out for me because I was there. Tim O'Moore winning the 50 is this was kudos to uh, 
loyal listener, hashtag loyal listener, Troy Abercrombie. Uh, he had sent this one to me via email as a reminder, as if I needed a reminder of all people. But that win from Tim O'Moore, he won the $50,000 main event uh, in Tucson. And the manner in which he did it, like he literally defeated probably the best remaining racer, like every single round of the of the event. He knocked off everybody that basically you'd look at the list and pick to win. Tim O'Moore beat them all in succession. It was like Marco Paravalaris, Ryan Harum, uh, Michael Pennington, Chris Whitfield, Peter Biondo in the semifinals, myself in the final, like just rolled through in a, in a low budget, you know, 490 dragster, just knocking off hitter after hitter after hitter to win, you know, one of the biggest races on that side of the country. So that one certainly stands out. And that was on the heels, I think within a day of Tom Bayer's win there, which I actually would qualify for another one, a nominee for another of our awards. Eventually, I think we'll get to this, the, the WTF moment of the season, because this was fairly bizarre, but it was unreal and in such a, a compliment to Tom Bayer and his skill set, because it was a 15 grander in Tucson and kind of similar to the Lucas Walker situation in a way. Uh, Bayer wins the quarterfinal round and in the process tears up something terminal engine wise in his dragster. And the rule is similar to the fling or similar to, to many big dollar events. You, you could change cars. So Tom Bayer rolls one of his school cars out of the trailer. It's been strapped down in the trailer. It hasn't made a run on the weekend. He hasn't been down the track in it since who knows when to roll up for the semifinal round blind opposite Dustin Wirtz. And not only did he lay down five total in that blind round, that doesn't do it justice because I was there standing at the finish line. And if Tom Bayer was going a 10th under whatever he dialed that round, I think you're underselling it. He was pumping it before the 330 to take like eight thou to be trip zip dead on five or whatever he was. He was five total. It was really impressive. And then he backs that up with a perfect light in the final opposite Marco Paravlaris wins the 50, 15 grander and made the final two rounds. The final two rounds were the only two rounds for that machine. Like it was, it gave me a whole new perspective on what Tom Bayer is capable of. Cause it was really, really impressive. Yeah, that that Tim O'Moore run in that 50k when you consider uh, who was in the opposite lane each round, that's that's an incredible performance. Uh, that's those uh, that's a lineup that no one would want to face back to back to back, especially with that on the line. So that's uh, that's an amazing performance. But what Tom Bear did. You know, we know Tom is a is a legend in the sport. Uh, he, he doesn't probably get some of the recognition he deserves out east because he's been obviously primarily racing on the west coast. But Tom uh, Tom's a talented, talented man, and uh, to be able to to do that, like you say, holding a year and um, kicking the gas and and half track and making those kind of runs, being willing to hold that kind of amount and you know, face talented people in the other lane and, and get by with it. Pretty incredible performance for Tom, very deserving of his nomination. At season's end, we spent a lot of time on Bob Locke's um, unprecedented and, and unlikely run to the Supergas World Championship. And he'll be discussed plenty more as a, as a nominee going down the line. But I don't, I, what we get, what we lose in that was how impressive Phil Unruh's run was to, to basically set up what Bob Locke did. Unruh went to the Dallas national event needing nothing less than a win to take the national points lead. And what did he do, Big Jet? He won the damn race. He won the damn race, like on cue, under pressure. So that one makes my list as a nominee, as does Tom Artakis. Remember Tom Artakis, Big Jet? $50,000 winner at Stanton, Michigan. Off the bottom, it was a fifty thousand dollar bottom ball race, right? No, it was when he won it. <laughs> was when he was the World Super Pro Challenge. Okay, so Artegas not only won that, he ran the weekend. Basically, there was uh, the the opening day ten grander. He won that as well. Off the bottom it was not a ten thousand dollar to win no box race. It's just a ten thousand dollar win race. Artegas runs over the most prestigious race in in that part of the country. Yeah, that was a huge deal for Tom Artakis. Uh, took his Mopar and got that $50,000 win after the $10,000 Thursday win. So, you know, if if anything else, if he if he doesn't get it done here, maybe he's eligible for the the most dominant weekend. We'll we'll talk about that one at some point, but uh, obviously Bob Lott that final round in Pomona, 
that one is going to be hard to beat. There was a lot riding on that final round. You're, you know, you're talking about winning a race and a big check to come with it in a lot of these cases. But now you're talking about a, you know, a national championship, a world championship, if you will, um, lifelong dream type stuff. So Bob's Bob's final round, Luke, is uh, it is history. It is legendary. And for me, it just seems to be the best win. But Lucas Walker's right after the accident and getting in something strange. And I'm with facing, you. I think those are the two. Yeah. Yeah. Facing that kind of competition. So, you know, I've got it narrowed down to those two. I'm really struggling. But, you know, one of us is kind of a super gas guy and one of us is kind of a footbreak guy and I'm leaning to Lucas Walker. I hate to say that for Bob. Bob's journey is amazing. And, I think and we've got, I think I, I, I feel like, again, I could get, I could get overruled here. Um, I feel like we've got a potty a little bit down the road. That's got Bob Locke's name on it. So I'm not going to feel bad about giving this one to Lucas Walker because there was, I mean, the emotion and everything that goes into both of those wins is off the charts. But uh, and it's difficult to quantify one or the other. But to say that they're not on par, you know, Lucas wasn't racing for a world championship. But I'm telling you, in that moment, that meant everything to everyone there. So I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm comfortable giving this to Lucas Walker. Okay, awesome. And, and swapping cars midway to the race and facing the competition he faced, just for me, that single moment, that single win, taking a couple of days to get the win light, everything involved. Lucas's win for me just just kind of hits the the top of the radar. So, is it official? Lucas Walker is the best win potty of the year. I've got the envelope here, and the winner is <laughs> Lucas Walker, Spring Fling Million, thirty thousand dollar winner. Congratulations, Lucas! Lucas is not here tonight, but uh, you know he he sends his appreciation. For Would you like to accept the award on his behalf? Big yes, uh, yeah. on Lucas's behalf, I do accept this award, and you know, um, I, speaking for him, um, we're the baddest there is. I mean, we we're really just that good. We we win races. That's what we're there to do, and that's what we get done. So. Um, this is no surprise to us for winning this award, but we are very humble in our uh, uh, acceptance of the award. So, <laughs> sound like we were humble, didn't it? It did. It did. And I mean, speaking of the humility aspect of this, did you see, was it 26 final rounds this year, Lucas Walker? I did think, I do think I saw that. Yes. Jesus uh, Christ. Well, I guess we'll circle back to that later. And on. Lucas, don't do a lot of going on Saturday night. That's the no. that's the key to that 26 final rounds. He typically finds himself in amongst the best talent in the game. All right, Big Jen. On to one of my personal all-time favorite potty awards. This is this I, I feel like this would this would mean more, especially to the recipients than perhaps any other word short short of the capital G chap capital O, capital A, capital T goat of the year. That is the best appearing driver, Big Jen the 2022 nominees for best appearing driver are i feel like i feel disingenuous like i want to give this to triplet every year and i don't even know i don't even i don't think i've seen dave triplet since the last time that that we awarded the potties i'm just that convinced man he's like a fine wine it just keeps getting better with age i want to give it a trip yeah he he, he does look good all the time and every time but we we're not going to uh we're not going to give multiple bodies no. to somebody in this category so no there's two there's um, just too many good looking folks out here yes, we're a good looking group there are way too many you got a couple of nominees uh on, that that you've thrown up and i've got uh three that i've thrown up but i i love your i love your list it's it's two totally different personalities and contrast there but both of them Really good looking man. My first nominee will go down south toward the bayou, the Gulf Coast. How about Tommy Castaneda, best appearing driver of the year? Similar to Triplet in that I feel like the older Tommy gets, the better looking he becomes. And, and I'm telling there's something in the water down there. Like if Galen Rollison took the wheel, 
Galen Rollison ripped up like strong. Good looking fella. You know, his co-promoter, co-owner now at uh, at Gulfport Dragway, Tommy Castaneda. Good looking fella. I I, I got to rank him right up there. So sorry, but I guess we're leaving Brit out. But I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. good looking dude. So my first nominee, Tommy Castaneda. My second nominee, Jed, and then I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Because again, like part of the criteria for this, if we're, if we're revisiting years past, if you want a, a serious nomination for best appearing driver, you've got to try. Like there's got to be an effort into it's it's not just roll out of the motorhome show up and be good looking. I don't care about that. I I want to give this to the the guy or gal that is putting their best foot forward at the racetrack, right? Cuz that's not all of us. And when I think about that, there is one name that comes to mind, Mr. Kyle Bigley. Strong nominee for best appearing driver 2022. Very strong nominee, both of them. Uh, Tommy Castaneda, that is a that is a good looking man for sure. Um, definitely had a few birthdays, a few more than everybody else on our list, and is holding up very nicely. Um, and you know, you talked about Galen. If he were a driver, how you know he would be eligible for this. And Britt, I mean, Britt can take you know a lot of pride in knowing he's the third best looking guy on that promotion team. Uh, that's if you take out Cole and Slate, uh, <laughs> then, then he would be number three. If you didn't take out Cole and Slate, he would probably slide down the list just a tick. So, uh, yeah, very good nominees. Um, certainly guys are, that are going to be hard to, to beat on this list, but I had three Luke that I threw up there. Um, good looking young men, talented behind the wheel. First one up's Gage Birch. I mean, Gage smiles a lot, but, you know, if I race like Gage and look like Gage, I'd smile a lot too. I mean, you know, he really doesn't have a reason to frown. So Gage is just one of those guys you, you know, I mean, let's just say it. I like to look at him. Okay. It is what it is. Cooter. Um, Cooter. That's, that's a good looking guy. Cooter keeps himself in really good shape and certainly, you know, got his hair right when you see him. He just always got the right skin tone. Looks like I'm looking at these guys a little more than I should, but nonetheless, <laughs> Cooter's definitely one of those guys that's always just looking good and deserving of the nominee or the nomination. And lastly, for me, this guy, you know, you talked about if you if you want to win this award, you got to try. This guy rolls out of bed just, I mean, he's just straight up looking good, always in good shape, always just, Looks like he's in tip-top condition, could could run a mile uh, without even thinking about it, you know, ride a bicycle cross country. Just a good-looking guy in good shape, takes care of himself. I'm not sure he's trying real hard, Luke. I think it's just happening for him. It might hurt him here, but it's cool Seminole. Cool Seminole. One of them, you know, a couple of them boys down there in Louisiana down there. <laughs> Over them Cajun down there. Some in the good. water. Sixty percent of our nominees from from that general area, and, and I'm with you on Cool. Like, I don't know that that Cool is actively pursuing being, you know, the best appearing driver. But to your point, Cool don't have to. It feels like Cool. It's such an appropriate name. It feels like Cool don't have to try to be good at anything. He just is. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that wholeheartedly. And uh, okay, so now. I, my memory is failing me. I should have done a little bit more research, which is probably par for the course. I know we have nominated Gage Birch for this award before. I don't know that he won it, but I'm I'm hesitant to give him the potty just because I don't want to go back to back. Like we've established the fact, Gage, good looking fella. Yeah, I've probably nominated Gage before. Okay, so that's probably will again. So that's the thing. Okay. It's, it's, Hey, you've got gauge. I got triplet. There's something in water in Florida yeah. too. Something you mentioned this off air, something about being close to water. Yeah. I got a little man crush on gauge. Yeah. The same with trip. All right. So we're, I've, we, we kind of collaborated on potty number one. If you can't tell, we're making this up on the fly. I'm going to throw this one to you, big Jed. The, the, oh, I, I just got the envelope, the potty for best appearing driver, 2022 goes to and this is the part where i hand it to you yeah so i will i want to say a few words prior i just saw on our our live on facebook where um 
someone has requested not to give it to this person because it says their ego is already having a hard time keeping his ego in check. <laughs> and he must, must be talking about Tommy. He's probably, <laughs> he's probably <laughs> going to be mentioned again somewhere in the potties, but I got to say it's Kyle Bigley. I mean, it's hard, Kyle to, it's just, hard to deny. he's just good a good looking young man. You know, yeah. I, uh, regardless of, of keeping his ego in check, Chris, sorry about that, bro. Uh, regardless of that, I mean, you know, if you look good, you look good. So I say it's got to go to Kyle Bigley. If, if I looked like Kyle Bigley, I would spend more time making sure that I look good every day I roll out of bed too. So the 2022 best appearing driver potty goes to Kyle Bigley. <laughs> congratulations kyle yes congratulations i know that this is gonna mean a lot to you there's one of these i could ever get to be that just because i know it's completely off limits All right. well that's what i was gonna say that you know there's i, I might fool around and get the best win one day or yeah. i might i definitely have plenty of yeah but i'll never get nominated for this <laughs> and it's sad much less win <laughs> much less win <laughs> Uh, another one of my favorite potties because it just seems like every year we, I mean, granted, our our show is built around these moments, Big Jed. If, if sportsman drag racing didn't have these moments, we, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be doing this, right? So that's a really good point. The 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 WTF moment of the season, WTF moment of 2022, and the nominees are. We touched on this one, this first one, uh, at length when it happened. So I'll kind of breeze through it here. But there's been a lot of, of to do about the performance of electric vehicles and whether or not they should be included with the, the rest of the field, et cetera. My, one of my WTF moments of the season was the performance of one Craig Merrilies at the NHRA ET final, the Summit World Championships in Las Vegas. I know we, we went over this in the time, but Vegas is a difficult place to dial just about anything. And you're running on a long track in a car that runs mid 11s. Craig Merrilee is with his Tesla, I believe. Um, in the three elimination runs, his car moved seven thousandths of a second on the long track in Las Vegas in the wind. To the eighth, it moved three thousandths of a second. If we compare that to the the uh, Jason Hildebrandt who won Sportsman at the same event over that same time span in a in a similar speed car, this car moved three hundredths of a second. The EV three thousand, um, and, and it and it just got more impressive the more that I zoomed out. Like I had live timing on this, so even if I went back to his time trials, so it was over the course of three days, he made six runs within twelve thousandths of a second to the quarter. Five of those uh, six were within six thousandths of a second to the quarter. Meanwhile, that Jason Hildebrandt Sportsman car moved almost nine hundredths. So, yeah, not saying that everybody with an electric vehicle has it figured out, but what these things are capable of, it was just pretty eye-opening for the rest of us that have been beating our head against the wall with the naturally aspirated combination for decades. It was definitely a WTF moment. Yeah, it definitely was, and uh, you know, really incredible. Uh, performance that uh, I don't know how you make it do that, but whatever he's doing is probably not good for electric vehicles being <laughs> included in, in what we in what we like to do a lot. So, uh, but good WTF nomination there, um, Luke. There's several more on the list. Um, we just talked about this one recently from the the from the uh, SFG event in Bradenton. Taylor Rich is, you know, I'm beast. Just, I beast. went over this in real time, but it was definitely when I was scrolling through that, I went, what the? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah you, you did what in a wild world of sports, wide world of sports, excuse me, not wild, but uh, Taylor Rich 503 and the hell out of them is the way you have it on the list <laughs> in that beast. So that's a, that's a monster, the 39 Chevy. Uh, incredible. Every time you look at it, it's a, it's a what? It's a WTF. I, I better not say that. It's a WTF moment. But uh, uh, also, we have Sunday at the OG Million. Um, it's tradition. Probably not the guy that needed to bring this up, but um, <laughs> it probably should have been you. <laughs> but 
there were some uh, some time and system issues and um, how they how they got handled probably didn't didn't go as well as they wanted it to. And it, no, it, it just again, like not necessarily any fault of the the host tracks or the promoters, but traditionally, it's just a, you can set your calendar by it once annually. OG Million will provide us at least one WTF moment, like something that just <laughs> completely bizarre, completely unscripted. You couldn't imagine. You wouldn't believe it happened if you weren't there. And you're like, whoa, that just that just happened. We got another one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just talked about Lucas Walker getting the best win at the Spring Fling Million after the pit accident. The pit accident was a WTF moment. Uh, we don't see that. We don't see that happen at places. Um, so that that was like, wait a minute, where's the love truck if you're watching online and, and it what? What happened? What the? So, yeah, that one definitely qualifies. Um, there was a lot of concern about traction compound. Luke, oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to an event midseason, get a phone call like, hey, they don't have any glue. OK, well, shouldn't they get some glue? No, nobody's got any glue. Wait, what? And all of a sudden, it's a nationwide problem. Yeah, we've seen a lot of reasons for races to be postponed, canceled, whatever. But this 2022 was uh, definitely a new style of cancellation uh, due to no traction compound. Or maybe they had, you know, five events left in the year and they only had enough traction compound for two. So they had to do it for that reason. Maybe... Uh, several different reasons couldn't get it whatever but the traction compound thing was definitely wtf in 2022 um, i say this as a wtf because i don't know that it necessarily felt this way on the premises but from the outside the drivers meeting at the sfg 500 grander was it half million this year right mm -hmm. the drivers meeting and what transpired from it from for those of us that weren't there we're like wait Kyle Riley got everybody together, told them we're drastically cutting the purse if everybody agrees to it. And it's like, cool, there's no real pushback on it. Like, how on earth did he pull this off? As we discussed, uh, you know, immediately following, like, th there was justification probably for Oliver. At least you could make an argument for justification. But in the moment, I'm like, how did they not burn the tower down? Like, I, this, you, don't, you don't do that and not get hung up, you know, strung up. Like, it, it just... It's not something that you hear every day. Like the biggest race of the year, the purse gets cut in half. It was a guaranteed event. What in the world, right? In the end, you can you can explain a lot away. And and like I say, I think we actually made pretty decent sense of it and came to Kyle's defense. But in the moment, that was absolutely what in the world is going on in Martin, Michigan, right? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I'm I'm sure that uh, those that you know ended up in the last few rounds of that one was thinking, man, why did I say yes? <laughs> but, um, last one on our list, Luke, and and we discussed this basically at the first show of 2022. And I'm glad we dug this up because I'd forgotten. Yeah, and and it's, it's lasted this long as a potential WTF potty award winner was the pre-stage. Yes, I didn't say staging battle. I said the pre-stage battle at the Bradenton New Year's Nationals um, from 21 going into 22. Now, this was Troy Stafford and Jeff Stewart. And Troy was doubled at in the quarters, had one into the semis. That potential uh, car had, or that number had the buy run. So he could potentially have two in the semis. Well, Troy nor his opponent would even pre-stage. Now, they, this is not a staging battle. This is a pre-stage battle. They would not even light the first bulb. After multiple attempts and discussion, finally, at some point, they backed them off and got some sense talked into them, and they ended up going out and racing. So it's like, Troy could possibly have two at four here. What the is he doing? Why is he even playing this game? Well, it had been told to Troy that his opponent would not pre-stage first. 
And he said, okay, that sounds like I got a plan for that, but it's not any kind of trickery. It's just sit back here with him. And ultimately what ended up being the, the foundation for Troy's strategy was that it was, uh, I think it was a $20,000 to win race because I think some purses was combined. Sounds and right, yeah. Troy said, I've already got one in the semis with a buy. There's going to be four remaining. If I can get both of us kicked out of the race with, <laughs> with these entries, <laughs> then my buy at four will be a buy at three and I will go to the final round and, and have a shot, you know, to, to win the purse, obviously. I'm here to tell you, Jed, like I like to think of myself as a, as a thinker, like I'm thinking about every angle. That has never crossed my mind. I hand it to Troy Stafford. That's next level. That is definitely next level. I mean, it, you know, typically if they tell you your guy won't pre-stage, it'll be like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'll go up there. I'll light them both. I'll do something. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with him a little bit. But Troy's like, cool, this is perfect. <laughs> you know? So I won't <laughs> stage either a pre-stage. And at some point, they're going to kick us both out of this thing. And then my entry in the, in the semis will just go down by itself. And I won't have to, I won't have to take a chance on racing anybody. Ultimately they ran, I think Troy's win light came on. I can't remember exactly how the semis played out if he ran himself or whatever the case was, but Troy did win the race. So his, his ultimate goal was accomplished, but his strategy to get there was definitely what the bleep. <laughs> All's well that ends well. But yeah, I mean, I remember you explaining what you just explained in real time. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Whoa, 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 time out. Tell me that again. Like we we gotta run through that one more time. Let me wrap my head around the thought process here. And and obviously it, it worked out. Um okay, that's the nominees. WTF moment of 2022. And the potty goes to. Hang on, let me dig up the envelope i'm so torn i've got taylor rich 503 and the hell out of them and the pre-staging battle are close like those those are the two that stand out to me um, i was so i was so blown away like i was so sure that they had taylor rich's dialing wrong when i when i when i logged in 503 my god <laughs> luke maybe you didn't hear me on that last nomination <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I wouldn't get out of the electric chair to go 503 in that 39 Chevy. And I love Jason Rich. So there's nothing against Jason. I, as I mentioned in the podcast, it was well-built, very well-built race car. No way in hell I would get in that thing, go 50 nothing. There's a guy that had a strategy to get himself and his opponent kicked out of the race. So there wouldn't be four cars left. There would only be three cars left, and he would get a buy with his other entry. Okay, that wins. <laughs> yeah, what the? <laughs> I mean, never. I mean, I've seen some stuff go 503 that I wouldn't drive. I've seen timing system issues at the OG Million. Hell, I've seen some crazy moments at SFG races. I ain't never seen a dude try to get him and his opponent kicked out, so there would only be three left instead of four. I mean, what the? Re rehash that story for me one more time you get through the end i'll be like okay okay i think I wait what yeah good call congratulations troy stafford wtf moment of the season and and it held up i mean this is 380 plus days later yes well done troy okay so what we've we've dished out uh what three three potties so far this evening all right let's roll into the most dominant performance in an event or weekend of the season and we've got i think four really strong nominees uh i'll tee you up first we'll go we're gonna go to ryan butler rehash what ryan butler pulled up this was it if i'm not mistaken this was the tv promotions event at kill care right i think you are correct in that and um well, no, it was the uh, it was the ultimate sixty four. That's right. I'm sorry, the ultimate sixty four. It was the okay. ultimate sixty four. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and that was at Killcare, I believe. I've got notes here, anyway. So, so Ryan Butler in his four door Chevy two, four door Chevy two, 
that uh, about a 650, 660 car um, really was not going to make the race, first and foremost. I, I don't know if you remember that. And that's probably, th these are in red, so these look like the notes that I had. Oh, yeah, car was on jack stands Thursday at noon waiting on parts. And uh, he got it together and made it to the track 30 minutes before the race started on Thursday. Now, obviously, kind of come in green without having uh, all the runs or whatever that he needed. And then basically goes on a tear throughout the entire rest of the weekend. Uh, he was in the Blind Squirrel team race on Thursday. His team was himself, uh, Taylor Cook, Kyle Beavers, and Steve Collier. They were runner-up right there, right off the bat, 30 minutes before the race starts. Right, as you go along, I'll count. That's one final, right? Yes. Final number one. Okay. So he ran the no-box category all weekend, foot-breaking it, no less, and was runner-up Friday. He was runner-up Saturday, and he was runner-up Sunday. So okay, so that's two, three, four. Yes. Final rounds. Okay. That's so, a good so, weekend. So That's now already, amazing. already the, the people viewing online are saying, well, all he did, he's getting his brains beat out. He was just running up. Okay. Let's just stay with us. There was a $1,500 to win no box shootout where he and his opponent split and quit. Five. That's a fifth final round. There was a 10K race on Friday where, um, you know, it was everybody was eligible. And I guess you come out of the no box side into the super pro side, like they like all the formats are these now, keep days. In mind, he didn't win no box, he had one entry in no box, one entry in box all weekend. Yes, one entry, no box, one entry in box. That's a great, great point. He was runner up in Friday's 10K main event, which was open again to, to delay boxes off the top six. He is letting go in that one. So the ultimate 64, which is a $50,000 to win main event. Everybody's familiar with that format. He was a quarter finalist, no final there, just a quarter hey, finalist. No yeah. final. Bad worst showing of the weekend. We come around to Sunday again. He was runner up in the no box category. He takes his box entry and gets the win, the 10 K win on Sunday. Oh, I'm running out of fingers. Seven. Seven final rounds between Thursday and Sunday. His car made, he made 51 passes in his car during one event, 51. <laughs> uh, for many and, of us, that's a month. For several of us, that's a season. That was Ryan <laughs> Butler's weekend. Well, and, and on top of that, just for the, the, the pessimists out there, the runner-ups, he, uh, he had three runner-up finishes in no box. His losing laps were 14 dead seven. He was a thou behind Steve Collier. 18 take one to be one thou under to Jason Ford. Well, and eight, take nothing. 18 dead nine on Sunday. His opponent was six take eight. So he made three winning runs that come up on the short end of three more gooder winning runs, seven final rounds, 51 passes, got the car put together and got to the track 30 minutes before the race started. Wasn't even sure he was going to make it and quarter finaled in the ultimate 64, $50,000 to win race. So my man was in seven final rounds, some off the top, some off the bottom in a more door Chevy two at one of the richest and most prestigious events in that region. Pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Like Similarly incredible stuff. This time I'll run through you count because it's a similar situation. This is Shane Doherty, a.k.a. nobody. Shane somebody, folks. Shane Doherty on a, uh, on a, on a weekend in Muncie. I think this was like midsummer, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Friday night opener kicks off the weekend carrying two entries to five cars in no box before ultimately collecting the win one one okay saturday there's two races in one day saturday shane doherty is driving his his uh, mopar in both the box and the no box class in the first race he doubles up winning box three grander no box three grander that's numbers two and three luke numbers two and three in race two Again, late Saturday night now. Doherty runs himself in the final of no box. 
That's four and five. Four and five. And not to be outdone, wins the box class for the clean sweep of the day. Doubled up back-to-back races in one day. That is six. And three in one day. Yes. So uh, Ryan Butler, seven on the weekend. Shane Doherty, six on the weekend, but six literally within 36 hours. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty impressive. (laughs) Very impressive. My third nominee, how about my man, young man, Jesse Fritz. Jesse Fritz on a weekend at Coles County Dragway in central Illinois. Fritz won Super Pro in his Camaro Roadster on Saturday, came back, did it again on Sunday, two Wallies. was like a king of the track thing. Notable, right? Wallies both days. Runs the table in any, I think Jesse's 16, maybe 17 years old. As if it wasn't enough, Jesse Fritz also ran the table in his junior dragster. Winning Saturday and Sunday. My man did not lose a round on the weekend in a 790 junior dragster and in a 50 buggy. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. That piss anybody off, Luke. <laughs> it, it, he, he might not have made fans. I don't know. I think everybody around that area probably loves Jesse. It was fine. Yeah. But yeah, I, there's some people that definitely, definitely turn a turn a little side eye to that. But yeah, impressive, impressive performance nonetheless. Then yeah. my fourth nominee, Big Jed, will go back to the NHRA side. Lance Abbott's domination of Vegas and Pomona, the the last two races of the season in top sportsmen to ultimately win the championship. Um, If you'll remember, obviously we we rehashed this in the moment. Um, Lance Abbott made the trip from Texas to Las Vegas as a bit of a long shot. I wouldn't say a long shot. He was not in the lead. And and, and it was a four-way race for the top sportsman championship. Abbott rolls to the final round of the divisional in Vegas. These are the last two races of the season. Everybody that's got a shot has converged on these two facilities and everybody's following along at home. Like the pressure is immense. Abbott advances to the final round of the Vegas divisional to take the lead, but it's still very much in doubt. In fact, when he rolled into the semis at Pomona, it still wasn't clinched. He ends up winning the race, winning the championship. He was what, uh, 10 and one on that Western trip with everything on the line, the, the combination of that, I guess I'm breaking the rules a little bit of the award because it was multiple weekends, but two events, one weekend with all that was on the line, what Lance Abbott did, I think was super impressive as well. Uh, No doubt about that. Very, very impressive. Um, You know, so much, uh, so many other factors out there that, that had to be on his mind and to go do what he did was very, uh, very cool and and incredible. Luke, I, I have a clear winner for me in this one, and uh, I'm not I real think sure how you feel. I think this one's relatively obvious, and I'll assume we're on the same page. So, oh, Jed, they just they just handed me the envelope. I'll, I'll let you do the honors. <laughs> and the winner for the most dominant event slash weekend of 2022 goes to. Ryan Butler, seven final rounds at the Ultimate 64. Incredible performance. Uh, nothing against any of the others. Those were great performances, but my goodness, seven final rounds and a quarterfinal in the Ultimate 64. Unbelievable. Ryan Butler, congratulations. You I are rem- the potty winner. I remember not being particularly locked into that event for whatever reason. Maybe we were racing elsewhere that weekend. And I think I got a text Monday morning. Did you see Ryan Butler made seven finals? And I'm like, well, that's a typo. They didn't even have seven races. And I thought oh, that's ultimate 64. Like they they have they race a lot. Might have had seven races, seven finals. Oh, come on. And then I read it. I was like, oh wow, that's unreal. Yeah, and and a lot of people would argue where the best no box racers are. Um, I think as a whole, it could be Michigan, but it's probably Ohio for me. I think it's Ohio. And you're racing right in the heart of no box country and your foot breaking a four door Chevy two and going to final round after final round and laying down some killer laps and then winning on the box side too. That's a hell of a performance. So. Yeah, no. And that, I mean, I, I realize an event like the ultimate 64 brings them in from everywhere, but that region specifically for bottom ball racing. I mean, you just think of the, the quote unquote locals, right. Between Collier and the Ellisons and Doug Kaplinger. And I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Like yes. that's, that's a nasty place to try to get it done to, to, to just make three no box finals consecutively. There is a heck of an accomplishment, much less everything else that he did that weekend. Yeah. Agreed. 
<laughs> Congratulations, Ryan. All right. So I think we're going to call it an episode there. We have awarded four potties. Congratulations, Lucas Walker, Kyle Bigley, Troy Stafford, Ryan Butler. Take home the prestigious potty awards here in part one of the 2022 potties next week. And again, I want to get everybody involved here. Encourage voting. Check out the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page later in the week. Log in and 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 let your voice be heard. We will be discussing on next week's episode the story of the year for 2022. I think this one's a shoe in, but if you've got a different write-in vote than what we're thinking of, we're we're here to listen. The best single round head-to-head matchup of the season. Your favorite social account to follow in 2022. The rivalry of the year. We struck out on quote of the year. Usually we've got some good quotes. Nothing nothing really stood out. So if you got a good quote from 2022, we're here for it. Uh, maybe a trend of the year. If, uh, if, you, if, if any of you loyal listeners remember any, um, well, specifically, if you remember any good predictions from Jedi, I don't know if we had any of those. You probably definitely bring to our attention some of the bad ones. We'll throw that out there as well. And then obviously the the two awards that I think this this show has become known for, that is the GOAT of the year and the GOAT of the year, right? It's, just, it's so confusing. Like the, all the kids, they, they get this. I don't. Like there's, when I was growing up, like Bill Buckner was a GOAT. He was the guy that you blamed everything on, right? So we've got the lowercase GOAT, which... We've gotten in some, let's clarify here in, in advance, because we've gotten in some trouble here in the past too, Jed. The GOAT is not oh, necessarily, yes. the lowercase G-O-A-T, GOAT of the year, is not necessarily the person who it, it was all his or her fault. It's just the person it's easiest to blame it all on. Right? That's the GOAT, the scapegoat of the year. Yeah. And then we've got the capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, greatest of all time of 2022, the most prestigious potty there is, save for possibly best appearing driver. Yeah, so some great awards still yet to be uh, given out, and uh, certainly the listeners' uh, help is going to be needed and appreciated. So put uh, put it down on uh, the the Facebook page on our Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page, and let us know what you think. You can. If you want to keep something private, you can send that private message to producer Marcus. Snag that right up and let us know what you're thinking. But we need your help, folks. So um, keep up with those categories and uh, and send in your nominations. Your choice could be awarded this prestigious potty award in next week's show. But congratulations to those winners, Luke. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound like like I'm biased, but Three of those guys foot break a lot. Three of those four winners, mm. some foot swapping fools. Mm. Yeah. So I don't think that trend's going to continue, but uh, it was fun while it lasted. But I think that wraps us up. So again, send us your nominations. Love to hear from you. Need to hear from you, uh, Luke. You know, I, I don't know. It was a kind of a short show for us, so I doubt there's many shouts. But do you have anything that that you want to shout out? I haven't been taking notes, but just straight off the cuff. Shouts to Kyle Bigley. Shouts to Jody Cool. Shouts to Tommy Castaneda. Shouts to Troy Stafford and pre-staging. I had another one. I lost it. Shouts to Taylor Rich, of course. I think he's. I think. I think Taylor Rich gets a permanent shout out. Like for the next year, I'm going to shout out Taylor Taylor Rich. I'm still shaking my head. Shouts to Batman. That's all I got. <laughs> Shouts to Batman and more more to come on that one all right guys that wraps us up thank you for tuning in we appreciate it and uh, certainly if you're active on twitter luke and i are on there we'd love to hear from you in any of our social media platforms and uh we, we love the interaction so check out luke at luke bogacki b-o-g-a-c-k-i i am at jp11x thank you for watching i gotta get something done i, I gotta step into 2023 with a better deal in this headset i mean luke's looking all professional with his microphone black background i just got the wall here in my bedroom and this stupid headset so i'm gonna i'm gonna step my game up in 2023 y'all just wait this is happening but 
uh, catch up with us any on uh, on any of our platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in. We can't wait to talk to you more next week about certainly the potties and more sportsman drag racing. We'll see you next week, guys. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th. <laughs>